Hey everyone, welcome back to the weekly wellness podcast here at My Pets Wellness. I'm Dr. Jason Epstein, our Executive Medical Director. Uh, joining me this week is Dr. Rodney, our Director of Wellness and Personal Growth. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Good. Um, as you can see, Kevin is not here this week, so I'm subbing in for him yet again. Uh, hopefully I'll do the, do the job justice. So, uh, <laughs> You'll do fine. we'll see. Uh, so this week, uh, the topic of the week is new year's resolutions. Uh, I'm personally terrible at these. Uh, if I set one, I'll stick to it. Uh, so for the last decade, I probably just haven't set one. Uh, but I've never really stopped to think about whether or not they're good for us to do, whether they're actually contributing or worsening to our mental health. And that's one of the things we kind of want to talk about. So um, I guess the first question we'll start with is, are New Year's resolutions healthy? They can be healthy okay. if you don't have too high of expectations because your experience is not abnormal. Many people go through the process of making New Year's resolutions. I even do myself. Um, but if you have the expectation that I'm going to actually follow through entirely with a New Year's resolution, it can lead to depression because four to six to eight weeks later, you find out you're not doing it anymore. So the problem is not in the New Year's resolution itself. It's in the expectation that I'm actually going to follow through and complete it. I mean, the statistics are overwhelming. We've done research on this. Um, everybody, you know, common one is I'm going to go back and start going to the gym and exercising. So you go back after January 1st to the gym and there's people all over the place and everybody's waiting on machines and weight equipment and treadmills and ellipticals. And then that pretty much goes through all of January and then starting in February, people start dropping off. And by March, you can pick any machine in the whole place yeah. you want to use. Yeah. That is the typical thing. Yep. Um, I, it's not necessarily bad as long as you didn't have, go in there with the expectation, I'm going to fulfill it. Because then you get depressed in March because you're saying, oops, I failed again. But this is not about failure. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense, I guess. I it, It's all about what standards you're going to hold yourself accountable exactly. to. Because I, luckily, I haven't cared much that uh, I've managed to not stick with any of mine. And mm. I couldn't tell you one because I couldn't remember the last time I did one. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Can I jump in on that? Of course. They do have value though. Okay. It's a significant value, but it's not related to following through with it. Okay. So I'm going to encourage you to start doing it, even if you never follow through with it. Because that's, I think, what's wrong with the thinking of what they actually accomplish. I don't think it's as much as following through with it as it is the process of making it. So what I'm saying is the value comes if I do it every year. I spend some time late December starting to think about what I might make as my resolution. And the way I'm going to do that is by looking at my past year, what things I'm happy with, and then what things I'm not happy with. And then saying, okay, since I'm not happy with this part of my life, let's go back to the exercise. I'm getting too much weight and I need to exercise more. So I'll make a new year's resolution and go on that path. So what I'm doing is I'm not focusing on the benefit from following through because it's very unlikely that you will. The benefit comes from that time of reflection that I think we need all the time, probably many times throughout the year, but especially at the end of the year or year where we go, you know, like, Hmm, that I wonder how things are going with my weight, with my relationships, um, 
with my home life in general, with the balance between work. That's the positive part about it, yeah. which it's a time of the year when we can have a time of reflection. And unfortunately, there's many people who don't make New Year's resolutions and they never do any reflection. To me, that's the tragic part because then they just keep doing the same thing over and over again every day of every year and nothing ever changes. Changes only come with the reflection considering what I might need to change. That's, that makes sense? Yeah, no, that's yeah. a really interesting perspective on it. I've never really taken the time, I think, to appreciate the value of that time of reflection, yes. but there've been multiple experiences in my life where that was a, a forced part of, of the process or a forced part of something. Um, I could get on the tangents here, but I'll, I'll try not to. Um, so when it comes to this process of self-reflection, are there certain, certain resolutions that are better or worse from a mental health perspective? Are there things that we as professionals or just people in general should be cautious of as, as far as resolutions to set that are, that are maybe better or worse? Well, the worst ones are one that sets a bar so high that I'm never going to achieve it in a billion years. So let's go back. So here's what I'm not going to say there's a category, but if I decide since I mean, I wasn't even planning to do the exercise thing, but I guess we're doing it now, aren't we? But so let's say that I want to lose some weight. So I make a New Year's resolution that I'm going to go to the gym every day for two hours. I'm going to run 25 miles a week on the treadmill. And I'm also going to work on my lower and upper body strength. That is a bad resolution because I'm going from nothing to way up here. A good resolution is, okay, I want to work on my health. My goal is to go once a week. Um, maybe more, but you know, once a week, yeah. I will be on the treadmill for 20 minutes and then I'm going to do some weight training exercises for another 15 and I'm out one week, 35 minutes. Now in that area, you probably need a little bit more than that, but you don't need an expectation so high that you'll yeah. never meet it. So that's where the problem comes in. If I set it too high and I can't meet it, I get depressed, yeah. I get anxious, I get down on myself, yeah. I create the stress for myself and I'm beating myself up because I didn't follow through. But now, come on, you can go once a week <laughs> for a half an yeah. hour. Yeah. Is that more attainable? Yeah. Because what sense. we know is why most New Year's resolutions begin to fail is because the person sets too high of an expectation they try at the beginning and then they're not meeting that expectation that they set for themselves. Yeah. So they go into this role of, well, I'm never going to be able to meet it. So I might as well give up trying. Yeah. And then they stop. So you got to give, you know, so let's go to a different makes, area. Yeah, so for, that makes sense. Like, so it doesn't matter if, uh, just to pull from that. So it doesn't matter if they're talking about your fitness, your mental health, an addiction you struggle with, or a personal professional goal. It's not that there's necessarily a specific category to avoid. Like, oh, don't make resolutions about bettering your anxiety. Don't make resolutions about, you know, having a job that pays more. It can be anything that we feel like would be a, a place to grow from self-reflection. Just make it realistic mm -hmm. in order to where, as long as you make progress towards it, you feel like that's an accomplishment. Don't set the bar so high that you're going to fail no matter how much success you may have. 
Yeah. So let me go on a different category because yeah. I think this is all helpful by way of explanation. What my opinion is, that it is an opinion, what the difference is between a good New Year's resolution that will help you and build you up and a bad one that's going to defeat you and lead to depression. So let's say you're lonely or now let's not go lonely. Or I don't do the dating thing. Let's just say I always stay in my house. I never go out. I never do anything. I, I just sit and watch TV, that kind of thing. So my New Year's resolution becomes, I want to get out more. And then your New Year's resolution is ends up being something like, five nights a week, I'm going to be out and around with other people. You'll never do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you might try the first week and you might get, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, okay? But then it's, as soon as you start getting behind, you're going to say, I give up. So how do you make it a better New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is I need to get out more. If I can get out just one night a week and meet new people and do different things, that would make me happy. Now, is that doable? Because now I can pick Monday night or Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night. And so if I book the other nights or if I'm tired of the other nights, I'm okay because all I have to do is get one. Then when I get one a week, I feel good about myself. I'm achieving my goal. And then I'll keep on with the process. See no, what that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that that's a really valuable tool for mm -hmm. everyone to really take and, and use moving forward. That It's about not setting the bar so low that it's like, I'm going to go yeah. out once this year. But it's uh, going to be a point of growth. Mm -hmm. It's going to be accomplishment that you can feel good about. It's going to add to your self-worth and, and kind of how you feel. And then it's it's something you can, you can get. You can do this. Right. Like, you don't don't set yourself up to fail. Like, that's a great yeah. lesson. I admit my illustrations are focusing on the two extremes. You know, there is a, a good place right in the middle of those expectations. The important thing is you have to feel, you have to understand or have to work through how realistic is it for me to actually do this. Because if when you look at it, you say, oh my gosh, that's going to be really hard, then lower the expectations. Not so low that you might as well not even make any choice, yeah. but, you know, give you something to shoot at that you can hit. Yeah. So when, when those of us out there here have a, a resolution we're working towards, we're a few months in and it's maybe we've achieved it. Maybe we're going out once a week. Maybe we're, we're and we feel the same way. I'm still pretty like lonely and bored. I'm out once a week. It's not really making a difference. I'm just going to stop bothering. So, you know, if we're not getting what we wanted out of it or we don't, maybe we set the bar a little high, but we felt like it was realistic. And we're, uh, you know, someone's on the verge of just being like, ah, this guy moving on, I'm done. What are some of the ways um, that people can uh, motivate themselves, hold themselves accountable to stick with their resolutions? Well, I don't think it's always the best choice to just give up trying because that leads to that sense of I failed. But most people do give up trying. I think that when you come up with that resolution based upon a personal reflection over the last year of my life, and I think that this will make me happier. If I go with your illustration and I've done it for three or four months and I've actually achieved it, but it's not bringing me happiness, well, then I don't think the, the response is, well, I'll just do it even more to see if that makes me happy. 
Obviously, I would say the initial reflection, although genuine, was not accurate in what's going to produce the happiness that you need to produce. So then at that point, I wouldn't wait till the next January 1st because I'm going to continue on with my theme of I'm trying to make changes in my life. So then in the end of March, I'll go through the process again. So that didn't work to bring me my happiness. What else is there that might be related to that, that might be a better way to bring happiness? Um, and so, um, you know, I'm just making this up as I go. Along. I know. We're, examples are <laughs> So, okay. So, well, maybe related to that is I just like to connect with some of my own friends that I left back home in my hometown that I haven't seen for many years. See, it's really kind of the same thing because at least it's getting me out and connecting with people. So then I'll take, take the one as I'll go out at least one night a week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and find out where all these people are that I've been missing. And uh, once a week, I'll call somebody that I haven't had any contact with yeah. in the last you know, several years. Yeah. See, so you just keep tweaking it, I think, until yeah. you find something. I think eventually you're going to find something that brings yeah. you some sense of joy. Again, as long as your expectation is it's going to make me so happy I can't stand it. Okay. Yeah. What you really want is just a little bit better quality of life. Yeah. Not like from here to here. Here's going okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. that makes sense. That's the way I would answer that. So uh, I guess the the one area I want to touch on as well is, you know, one of our big missions is mental health. Mm -hmm. One of the things we struggle with in the veterinary field is mental health, whether it's from an anxiety perspective or depression or burnout or compassion fatigue or whatever it may be. We, we tend to be a group that struggles. Mm -hmm. And what what do you have to say to, you know, not just we'll say veterinarians in particular, but anyone that is making a decision at a point of reflection, I'm going to work on my mental health. You know, what are some of the things that, that what would be your starting advice? You know, my, my question is, do we need to go and get diagnosed to know what the problem is so we can get help? Cause I'm, that's my doctor brain. Is it, are there things that like, what, what's your starting point when someone knows like, I'm not okay but I want to be better. And that's as far as they've gotten for that resolution of, I want to work on my mental health. Where do we start? Yeah. Well, it depends obviously on what is the level of mental health disruption that you're feeling. You could go get a therapist and meet with them once a week. That would be helpful, but it doesn't need to necessarily be that level of person. Most mental health issues we believe are healed by processing the feelings that I have related to that problem with other people that I find that are safe in my life. So it could be a therapist or maybe, you know, if you want to pay a little less, go find a life coach that's going to listen to you and you can discuss that with them. Uh, and again, they don't need to diagnose you have a special degree unless it's very severe or it doesn't even have to be a life coach. I just find somebody that's willing to listen, show some sympathy and empathy to how I'm feeling. That could be an enormous help. Um, if you do that, it, maybe you start at the lower level of, I'm just going to find a friend that's not going to judge me and criticize me. They're going to be open to listening to what I say and give me a little bit of feedback. If you start there and I'm still feeling the anxiety, the depression, the stress, the compassion fatigue, then I'm going to have to take the next step up and say, well, maybe I will go to somebody that spends time doing this all day, every day, which is like a life coach. And then if that's still, you still find yourself 
not reaching the level of mental health satisfaction that you want, then you're probably looking at a professional to do that. Um, you can't ignore the problem because the problem just gets worse. Um, you know, when I have a mental health issue, it's like I'm very much aware of it. If I try to invalidate it and say it's not there, or if I try to ignore it and say it doesn't matter, it's like I still feel it in here. And what you actually do is daily hear the screams of I'm in pain in case of that's not the way to do it. Yeah. So it's really just by gradual process. I probably started that explanation in the reverse order that I should have. I started with a therapist. Yeah. What I'm really saying is start at a lower level, find somebody who feels safe. If that doesn't work, go to a higher level like a life coach, then you're up to the therapist, and then you're up to the psychiatrist. Yeah. So the decision <laughs> to work on your mental health may just be reaching out to an old friend that you've known your whole life and saying, mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I've been struggling this year. Exactly. I need somebody to talk to that's not my spouse that I don't dump onto. Can I talk to you once a week? Like, can mm -hmm. we just catch up more often? And that's your person. If that doesn't work, maybe a resource like our support group is, right. a, is a place exactly. to start Support too. group would be a good place um, to start also. Yeah, so that's for those of you who don't know, Dr. Rodney uh, runs a, a wellness rounds or a support group for the vet community on our, our DVM support network. I, I'm there almost every week and um, we're excited to see it growing and kind of taking off and becoming potentially a starting point for anyone out there that's, that's wanting to start their mental health journey. So mm -hmm. um, awesome. Well, I, I, I had one question that came up um, before we before we go. You mentioned that the the key to these healthy resolutions is you get to the end of the year and you have this time of reflection. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who haven't been doing resolutions or even those that have, what are some of the ways that you would recommend we go about that reflection process? What are the things that it's important to think about and, and not mull over, but things to kind of process and reflect on in that, in our last year, last six months, when we're developing a, a plan, you know, when we're going to sit back and go, well, let's think about 2020, maybe don't, uh, but let's think about my last year, um, informing what I need to be better. What are some of the, the, the tools for that reflection? Well, okay. So here's what I think is a good method to use. I start with the personal reflection myself. I look at the various key areas of my life, which in general is how do I feel personally? How do I feel I'm doing at home with my family? And how am I doing at work? Those three things. Once you do that reflection, I think there's value in getting others input. That's a part of the process. So now I go to somebody in my family or somebody close to me, and I would share with them like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I see. Can you tell me if you see something else in me that I'm not aware of, because now you're not only doing the personal reflection, but you have some accountability or somebody that's acting like a helper person. And they might say, well, I understand what you're saying, Jason, that your analysis from your perspective is good, but here's what I see, okay? What I see is you seem to come into work or you're home a lot and you just seem to be very sad. Sadness is different than depression or related, but you're just sad because sadness is usually I've lost something I valued. Well, yeah, I am sad. And then you start, oh, that gives me a key. Maybe I need to go back and reflect on, I did the personal thing and home life and work life. What have I lost this year, last year that has brought me to that level of sadness? Maybe I lost a person in my life, a pet in my life, 
like yeah. in our cases. Maybe I lost a job. See what I'm doing? Um, and then I would go from there and talk to as many people as I feel comfortable with also getting their input before I make that final decision. Because a lot of times we're not as aware of how we're being perceived by others um, as well as, as much as they are. And they can give me a perspective that can be really helpful. No, that's, that's a really great explanation uh i'm probably one of the one of all of them that uh, needed to hear that as much as you guys did so uh i think that's a great note to end on uh so i want to thank you dr rodney sure. for joining me here today and for those of you who have joined us uh to listen in i hope this was helpful uh as we near the end of 2020 thank you uh hopefully 2021 is better for a lot of reasons uh please remember to like it really no no <laughs> Uh, please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, and uh, don't forget to check the description for additional details uh, and a link to uh, more information about our DVM support network, our wellness rounds that we host. Um, if you're wanting more interest, uh, information about My Pets Wellness, you can visit us at mypetswellness.net. Um, again, thanks for, for listening in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.